Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This week in league, Todd Payton maintains the West Tigers tradition of not holding his piss after an early finals exit. The Newcastle Knights bring in a coaching director to oversee their incoming rookie coach. The West Tigers look to become a hit with the ladies, just like Robert Louis and new recruit Tiger Woods. And we preview the third round action for the 2011 Four Nations Tournament. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 73 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Housekeeping. I only got one item this week, the podcast awards. Unfortunately, we were not victorious. Bush, and, and, and while we'll never know what the final placings are, we do know that we were defeated by ESPN's fantasy focus football. Rest assured, we'll be back in there next season. Well, that is a fucking fantasy, we'll, if you ask me. It is. It is. And I mean, obviously, our you know, Twitter fans, you know... Had a you know a couple of them had a bit of a spack attack about it, but it's a death um, to good taste. It is, it is. But we'll make another run at it next uh, next year. And uh, if you didn't vote every single day, next time what now you fuck? know now you know what you got to do. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we're not alone though. One of our favourite shows, the Joe Rogan Experience, was defeated by Leo Laporte's Old Man Balls this week in Tech Show, which I used to listen to. Um, religiously it used to be one of the ones on the rotation and then I just got sick of him he's fucking past it Leo he's kind of like an old he's kind of like a well he's a podcasting like pioneer but I'm oh, sick of the shit he carries on with these days so uh Joe Reagan new and shiny exactly Leo old and busted exactly but some people don't want to acknowledge that ESPN's fantasy focus football old and busted this week in league new and shiny it's a new hotness next season we're gonna fucking win for sure with the help of uh, Twill Nation, I can't see us losing, but I uh, appreciate everyone's help in voting each and every day to try and get us over the line, and we're sorry we didn't get there, but really, I mean, ES- ESPN, fantasy, exactly. fantasy focus. I'm pretty sure we came what second. What the fuck is that? I'm pretty sure we came second. Sounds like a porn site. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Certainly fucked us. <laughs> News. The NRL finally takes a war footing with the AFL. Look closely at the NRL's new draw and it could be a battle plan for Western Sydney. The NRL's made no secret of the fact that it considered the AFL's arrival in the region next year through the GWS Giants when it put together its draw for next year. What came out of those considerations was a deliberate attempt to give Western Sydney the best of rugby league. Well, not the best of rugby league, but, you know, the finger uh, in the opening weeks I'm of the Parramatta's involved somewhere. <laughs> well, there's four, four Western Suburbs teams involved involved there, and let's face it, three of them missed the finals. That's right. I'm and, glad to clarify it. And, and one of them pretty much embarrassed Lazy. themselves. <laughs> <laughs> embarrassed themselves the way they the way they choked on uh, choked on a hungy. <laughs> 
Straight so, on small flightless birds. So the plan for the the plan for the NRL to take on the GWS. Key inclusions are ensuring that the Western Sydney teams, Penrith, Parramatta, West Tigers and the Bulldogs, travel out of Sydney only three times in the opening five rounds between them, which is amazing. Good for the good for those teams just for the season as well to have, you know, presumably so many home games or close to home games, you know, they probably scheduled some local derbies in there as well. Um, I don't well, know that this is a good move. Why? Well, not that I know much about AFL, but GWS is going to be shit, right? Yeah. So, why don't they put all the Western Sydney Rugby League teams, make them all play in fucking Siberia for the first five weeks of the competition, encourage all these motherfuckers to go watch that shit sport with that shit team, realise how <laughs> fucked they are, and then bring all the Western Sydney clubs back and say, now, what's a real sport, bitches? That's a great plan, and I, and I wish that, you know, it just shows how, you know, David Gallup is at the head of the competition, he didn't come up with that. Um, also... In the first five rounds, there's going to be 12 home matches for the Western Sydney club. So, if you're if you're a Westie, a lot of footy that's going to be within uh, driving, you know, easy driving distance. Or hitchhiking. Or hitchhiking. Or, you know, carjacking. Car carjacking car distance. Yeah. Yeah. Car, car thieving, whatever it may be. Um, the, the, the very fucking idea that the governing body of a sport is such as the AFL... With their like their Melbourne influence, mm-hmm. with their fucking suits and their scarves and their <laughs> hoity toitiness and their Crown Casino, yeah, the very thought that Westies are going to align themselves with Melbourne people. Well, they might get they might in a Melbourne sport. Nothing good come out of Melbourne. No, except but... the exit highway. Well, they might, you know, maybe they, they say, well, you know, GWS, they're wearing these uh, fancy sleeveless jerseys and, you know, it kind of goes with the singlets that you, you find around the western suburbs. Maybe. Well, they've got their colours right. West Tigers <laughs> colours. That's about as close as they're going to come to getting it right. Um, who cares? They're going to get thumped by about hundred average of 100 points all season. Yep. No one cares. And they're going to pump money into it. Good luck to them. Hope they go broke with their shit sport and their Melbourne people. Yeah, and it's good to see the NRL. I mean, the NRL have been kind of taking on the back foot all the time with the AFL and not really engaging with them. Uh, where the AFL is, you know, trying to, you know, pro- correctly for their purposes, trying to, you know, give their teams, the, the new sides, you know, the best possible chance, you know, giving them like standalone games and things like that. Um, however, the NRL's counted this time with um, six home, home games for the GWS side are going to have to come up against a derby between two of the Western Sydney sides as well. So they purposely just like fuck middle finger straight to the AFL, um, which is great. And I try and take the shine off them. And um, I'm glad, you know, I'm really happy to see them actually starting to do this instead of sit back and, you know, getting smacked in the monkey. <laughs> it's your word of the day, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You love it. You really love it. Um, yeah, I think that it's uh, it's an interesting take, probably a few months too late, but at least they're taking the fight now, um, which is their fight to win. At the end of the day, they're, it's akin to kicking puppies. It's yep. a bit like taking on whales in yep. rugby league. Um, you know, the... Uh, it's a bit like a sane bolt running in the Special Olympics. Sorry? It's a bit like a sane bolt running in the Special Olympics. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so at least they've woken up and, and realised that... Um, you know, they've got all the aces up their sleeve and, and GWS have an inferior sport at an inferior stadium with inferior cl- crowds and uh, their biggest draw card is a rugby league player. So, mm-hmm. good luck to them. Who's an inferior specimen for their sport? 
Yes, exactly. But hey, good luck to them. The or end. D Day could possibly loom for the bunnies. South Sydney may be up for sale in June. Chairman Nick Pappas insists high-profile owners Russell Crowe and Peter Holmes of Court won't walk away. However, South Sydney could be up for sale on June <laughs> They're 7th. fucking run away. <laughs> <laughs> when Russell Crowe and Peter Holmes of Court swept to power at Redfin in 2006, buying 75% of the club for $3 million, what a fucking bargain that was. The biggest... I mean, we think of... South. It, well, it is South, but when we think of other clubs, I mean, yeah. like... Like a hundred percent of Manly is like you know it was I think it's, when it was around twelve million dollars everyone yeah. kicked in all said and even that I think was a cheap you know it was a good deal. Uh, but the biggest question is how long will they stick around? Um, and if they wish to walk away, their deal that they uh, implemented when they took over initially in like two thousand and six or whatever it was uh, could be June seventh as soon as June, as soon as June seventh next year. South Chairman Nick Pappas told the Sun Herald that he would be extremely surprised if Crow and Holmes Court sold their shares in the club next year. There was a moratorium on the date by which they could sell if they wanted to sell, but that's a very different proposition to them actually selling. Pappas said. Russell Crowe has previously spoken of the financial burden that South Sydney has become. In an interview with ABC Radio in 2008, he said, It's gone from being a passion to something more of a great big lead weight around my neck. It's far more time-consuming than I could ever have possibly imagined. It's definitely in a place in my life now where it occupies, in a relative sense, way too much time. In a Christmas video message to Rabbitohs members later that year, he said, but I'll tell you this, though, I won't continue to put the type of cash I've had to into South forever. The business has to begin to stand on its own feet, and to be quite sure that is not uh, not an emotional issue for me. It is what it is. That's pretty strong, strong pretty, words. And it's funny, it's always just coming words. out now. I mean, like, I've never had an inkling of this shit before, I, before the, the article came out this week. Yeah, I don't know. How many moves has Russell made lately? Well, there is that. Oh, he's got, what is he? What is he? Yeah, average about twenty million a movie. He pumps out a couple of movies. So he can pump a couple of million extra into South and keep him going. You could do an Australian movie and make the money. Honestly, you think? Yeah. Why uh, the fuck would you do that when you can do it in Hollywood? Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, like you know, if you had to, you could do a Trop Fest movie, <laughs> Trop Fest short <laughs> film with it. Uh, they say that uh, Holmes Court's owed four point five million dollars. Uh, by the football club and Russell is owed 1.65 million by the football club and they're legally able to call those debts in on September 30th next year all jokes aside I think they've actually uh, done a really good job with the South Sydney football club and on field results speak for themselves (laughs) (laughs) you know what they've got right is their merchandise watermelon patch merchandise oh okay what about it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and their recruitment of Burgi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, if if they were to sell the club and and they had to hang their hat on on uh, a legacy that included, uh, you know, the Burgess family, drumming girls, marching band, marching instead of, band instead of hot chicks, uh, some pretty epic merchandise. What exactly in the merchandise? Just their range. I just, I just think the way so that they've designed their, their range of merchandise or the, the range has been designed for them. Uh, it's a bit edgy. It's a bit urban. It's a bit cool. Yeah, I mean... I wouldn't buy it, but <clears throat> I'm not a South fan. They're not the only club that has that, though. Manly's, Manly's done all right. Manly's got it. I Pen- think Manly's Pen- off the mark. Penrith, Penrith, has, it, Penrith has it as well. I, teams with ISC jerseys, ISC have like an urban, you know, sort of streetwear kind of uh, line of stuff. Yeah, I've I seen Panthers doing it. I've seen a picture of uh, MG wearing a, a Panthers, uh, like a Panthers hoodie, similar to like the same kind of design to the Manly one I've got, which is quite frankly the best piece of fucking merchandise I've ever bought. 
Um, I like the way you think. A jacket fine enough to be fucking married, buried, all that in. Excellent. It's amazing. Can't I'm recommend it highly enough. crack of being buried in it. Just keep that fucking <laughs> attitude up. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I don't know about how South fans feel, but I think they've um, they've given the club a profile um, since they've bought the club that and and brought it in, certainly into the mainstream of people that don't necessarily associate with rugby league and, and given a lot of exposure. Um, you know, you have to look back to last season uh, with the whole Oprah thing. Was it last season? And last yeah. Um, so they, they've brought a lot of exposure to the club that they wouldn't have otherwise have had and. I think, um, you know, with the redevelopment of Redfern Oval, there's a lot of positive sort of things that are going on with South, and I don't know that they'll be looking to walk away at this stage, so it might just be a bit of a flash-in-the-pan story, this one. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, and I think they're pretty passionate owners, guys that are heavy hitters um, in in business and, um, and and in the social media pages, and it gives them a good profile, and I, I, I doubt whether South fans would be happy to see them. No. It it, it reeks it reeks of a of of a journalist finding out that they can on that date mm. and trying to turn it into a story that they could on that date. Yeah. I don't think they will, but I did find it very interesting that it even um, that the possibility was there, and you yeah. know, and the, especially when it listed the figures, that, you know, the money that they they have sunk into the club and that they're owed by the club. Still, like yeah, the end of the day makes one movie a million yeah. bucks doesn't yeah, seem exactly. like a big deal. Exactly, but I mean, yeah, he's yeah, Holmes of Court. How's he going to get his four and a half mil? That's not exactly a lot of money to him. He got, he got duped a bit too, being the silent partner. I mean, he doesn't get a lot out of it other than, you know, like people know that he was involved, you know, in the bid with Russell Crowe to take over the side way back when. And he has taken a bit of a backward step, certainly in the last yeah. 12 to 18 months, whereas early Russell Crowe's always the one they film in the stands and, you know, all that sort of, and he's the one that always gets the, you know, it's Russell Crowe's team. Yeah. And yet he's he's uh, owed three times. I suspect he's is. doing... Um, more behind the scenes from a business perspective, which is where his strengths lie. Yeah, uh, Russell's a bit more of a uh, a profile sort of to you know to get bums on seats, so to yeah. speak, and and obviously he's doing the hard yards yeah. <laughs> from the business aspect. So I guess they're both playing to their strengths uh, individually. So um, it's worked well for them so far, and I think they've done their best to try and put a team on the park that's going to get results. They haven't quite been forthcoming. They've only made the finals once since they took over from the club. Uh, took over the club, so good time that was too. Sorry, I was at that game when you knocked him out, smashed him thirty to six. That's didn't stand a chance. <laughs> He's such a fucking hater, man. You just fucking, hate everything. Fucking Why do you hate the world. You know, in that game, the Rabbitohs fans fucking set off a flare. Did they? I thought we were playing the dogs for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Next story: Todd Payton joins the exclusive West Tigers who can't hold their piss club. Former rugby league representative star. In quotes, Todd Payton has today avoided a conviction for urinating on the Hyde Park War Memorial. The incident took place at 12.30am on September 18th after Payton went on a night out on the town with his friends. Downing Centre local court heard the former prop was so intoxicated that he was unable to answer questions from the police. Payton, who retired recently, appeared in court today charged with committing an indecent and offensive act on a war memorial. I didn't realise it was actually like a charge on a war memorial. <laughs> The incident was not revealed. <laughs> How did they come up with that? So, someone had to have done it first. Exactly, exactly. I'm it's not probably gonna, Anthony Watmo. I'm certainly not going to claim he was, he was the first. I mean, yeah, Benji probably smacked one because he thought it said Lockie was better. <laughs> he smacked a stone soldier in the gob and uh, impaled his shoulder on a on a bayonet. Okay. Know, and which okay. <laughs> which uh, years. which there predicated a few years all those the shoulder injuries. Well, no, I'm saying. Okay, let's not bring up old shit. I'm saying it happened a few years ago. 
around about the time he was suffering from shoulder problems. The incident uh, was bring not... up, you know, a statue's been touched inappropriately. Don't make me do it. The incident was not revealed to the public <laughs> by National Rugby League. The court heard that Peyton, 32, had pleaded guilty but did not bring any character references with him because he was too embarrassed to tell anyone what had happened. <laughs> he would be. Toddy's... I was stunned when I read this story. It came. It's really come out of nowhere, and the magistrate accepted his claim that he was not aware he was urinating on a war memorial and had not intended to desecrate what to many is a site of great significance. He didn't get a conviction recorded against him, and he was put on a six-month good behaviour bond. Did he have to go and clean it up? Oh, I wouldn't imagine so. I think what we can learn from this is that Todd Payton pisses like he plays the ball. Yeah. In the wrong fucking place. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> again and again and again and, uh, and again. And given he's retired, this would probably be the last time he does it. But you never know. I'd like to say this is the most disappointed I've ever been in Todd. But there was that Titans game earlier this season. Yeah, yeah. And those two, those two points would have come in, for, you know, reasonably handy. Then you well, wouldn't have got to save at the top of the fucking Warriors. Would well, it? I'm sure you had the Warriors. You, you would have. You would have gone out in the first round. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. Um, and uh, speaking of Tigers, who love to mistreat women, Tiger Woods. <laughs> Becomes a Tiger, making his first public appearance since arriving for Sydney for this week's Australian Open. Tiger Woods was this morning presented with a West Tigers jersey and a season ticket, which he won't use game one of, by Premier and unashamed West Tigers tragic Barry O'Farrell and winger Lottie Takiri. Tiger Woods admitted his knowledge of rugby league was limited compared to its cross-code rival rugby union. A quote, I've been watching the Rugby World Cup and stuff like that. That's what I've been watching, but I don't know a lot about league. But he said he's trying to learn and said he watched a replay of the 1981 Grand Final on television earlier this week. 1981 Grand Final. That's what they showed him I to get him into rugby league? Yeah, and see, see, the, blue, the, see the blue team. They don't actually really exist anymore except in reserve grade. Uh, you don't think we could have <laughs> slipped him a copy of the 2005 Grand Final if we're going to give him a season ticket he won't use? <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, it's slip this into the Blu-ray on your fucking private jet, Tiger. Don't worry about watching the blue bags run around. How about something relevant? So, um, Barry O'Farrell. If he has time, if he has time on his next visit down under, he'd be keen to watch a match live. Chances of that happening? Zero imagine, percent chance. Imagine the lucky bogan. Yeah. That walks in completely unexpectedly one sunny Sunday afternoon. At Leichhardt Oval. Yeah. Slips in in the middle of winter in his Ugg boots and his yeah. singlet and his stubbies. And Laurie Nichols. He's got his <laughs> he's got his uh six pack of rum cans that he smuggled into the ground and he's got them sitting on the seat next to him and along comes a well built uh African American gentleman and says, Excuse me, sir, I'd like to uh, assume my seat here. And that's a very lovely looking wife you have there. <laughs> what's, what's her name? <laughs> I like how you said well built African American guy. So, I mean, clearly, so Tiger Woods has assumed a position on your list as well. What sort of tats does he have? No, no tats. He's <laughs> fucking, I don't know what you catch from Tiger. Come on, man. <laughs> that's true, true. Um, I've oh, been everywhere. Good publicity stunt, but I don't think that I don't think from from stunt value, I don't think they got enough, you know, as much publicity as, a, you know, as it was probably worth. Um, probably would have been worth a bit more uh, three years ago. Yeah, Tiger actually doesn't blame all of the uh, all of his uh, fuckery, quite literally, uh, for his decline. He's saying he has he's uh, had a lot of injuries and now he's uh, fully fit and he's hitting the ball the way he should and as far as he he did and 
now he's going to come back and be awesome again. Well, he's got one caddy to carry around his golf bag. He needs another one. The lack of sex he must be getting at the moment. He needs another caddy to carry around his ball bag. <laughs> I don't think he's having any trouble, despite all that. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, it's if, Tiger fucking Woods. If Charlie, if Charlie Sheen can still get laid. Someday we'll be saying that about you. It's Nathan Gillis, man. <laughs> exactly. Nathan Gillis. Motherfucking pimp, son. <laughs> <laughs> or not. <laughs> the Knights add a coaching director to oversee their new rookie coach. Graham Murray will join forces with NRL super coach Wayne Bennett at Newcastle next season after accepting the position of Knights coaching director. In 2000, he took the Roosters to the grand final but lost the decider to Brisbane, then coached by Bennett, who has taken over as head coach of the Knights, as we all know. <laughs> Murray walked away from Does the that NRL. Kim Bennett's boss? I think it's. It, 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 I don't think it makes him his boss, but he is someone that he's. he's the Wayne way Bennett he's, works for Murray Man. The way his position is going to work um, is that he's going to uh, develop young players while acting as a link between coaches across all grades. Matthew, I'll never get. I'll never get used to saying this. Knights chief executive Matthew Gidley <laughs> said, uh, "We see this as a really important role, and it'll play a big part in our intentions to foster and retain emerging talent from the area." I bet he's flick passing his responsibilities. Yes, yeah, <laughs> he flick passed that one, and um, it's kind of strange. I mean, they, I remember there was a lot of speculation this morning on on Twitter and everything when it's like, oh, the Knights are going to have a press conference, I and mean, what are they, what could they be possibly announcing now? Yeah, you know, like a a a gold water bowl for Fluffy, or uh, maybe you know the uh, separation surgery to take Fluffy off Wayne Bennett's the, hip the has, co- uh, has been twins. successful. But no, none of that, and it hasn't been successful because they're. They're not doing it. Definitely um, a surprising move, but I guess they've deemed it necessary. I'm not sure, you know, what happens if if Fluffy's out of form next season. Graham, you know, hauls Benny into his office and says, but Wayne, we need to talk about Fluffy. I mean, Darius. Yeah, I, 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 I we need to have a serious chat. I mean, he's not he's not cutting the mustard. I would imagine that Wayne Bennett would be the type of coach like that has like a he's ha- like a son to me, Graham. <laughs> You've read the stories. <laughs> I can't get anywhere without this kid. I fucking tried. <laughs> I sit down and take a dump. He's there. He's right there. It's like his little, I see his feet on the other side of the door. It's his little fluffy fleshlight. <laughs> <laughs> the number one sex toy for Wayne. <laughs> Recaps, Four Nations, game number three, New Zealand 36, defeated Wales 0. Easy win to the Kiwis, and as you'd expect, they were on the board early with a try to Jason Nightingale in just the fifth minute of the game, and Benji did what Benji Marshalls do and missed the goal, giving the Kiwis a 4-0 lead. Don't mention he set up a fucking try. <clears throat> the Kiwis were in again eight minutes later, and this time... Job as a pommy commentator, you would. <laughs> this time, Kevin Locke scored the try that, once again, went unconverted, 8-0. Don't mention he set up the try. <laughs> oh, he set it up in terms of the fact he was on the field at the same time it was scored. They kept the scoreline ticking over nicely with another try. Sikamanu busting his way through four tacklers to score. Miracle of all miracles this time, however. Benji kicked the goal and it was 14-0. It's Manu, really old now, man. Yeah. 
I'm not finished though. Manu grabbed his double 10 minutes later and his tries were lucky charms for Benji who added his second goal of the game <laughs> taking the Kiwis out to a 20 points to nil lead. New Zealand weren't done and right before half time they grabbed one more try this time through Jared Beald. Marshall added the extras and it was 26 points to nil going into Oranges. The Welsh tried to lift in the second half, but to be fair, the Kiwis dropped off massively with their intensity as well. And after an arm wrestle of sorts for the first 20 minutes of the half, the Kiwis finally got on the board again in the 62nd minute when Beal grabbed his double, 30 points to nil. With five minutes remaining, we had our last points of the match with Nathan Fiend scoring following a Thomas Lulawai break. Benji got the conversion in a vain attempt to gain some respectability for his kicking. And we were left with a final scoreline of 36 points to nil. <laughs> I don't know that. I can know Are you a New Zealand fan or something? You seem to, you seem to take issue with a lot of things I said in that. I'm a Benji Marshall lover. I'm a lover of Benji. I see. And the fact that you mercilessly just <laughs> slam him every time the poor bastard has a crack at goal. It's, you should be ashamed of yourself. It's I don't my, know who you think you are. It's How my, many fucking goals have you kicked? I've fucking kicked thousands. You have not. Thousands. Look in the look in the record books. <laughs> I just, will just in front of just in front of Hazem or Masri, and you'll see <laughs> you'll my see, name. You'll see N. Gillis. in pencil. <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as a matter of fact, I've got a record book right here. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Well, Benji was clearly everywhere but the kicking tee. He was clearly at his best dominating the minnows of rugby league. Yeah, I mean, we could say yeah, he was dominating the minnows, but at the end of the day, that's, that's what you have to do to the minnows. You know, it's all you gotta do. It's your job. Put him to the sword. And he certainly did it for more than ten minutes in this game. So I'm saying that's a good, it's a positive thing. I'm complimenting the man. I thought Benji had a good game, and uh, there was not much that the Welsh could do to uh, contain him, and he had his way with them. Wales were hopelessly outclassed, as you'd expect. But and they only really had about what, two chances, really, yeah. to you know, reasonable chances to score points themselves. I, I don't think they were without their positive signs. Some of their defence. Um, in patches um, was okay. They put a couple of hits on and yeah. they certainly tried hard, but there's a lot of work to do for them before the next World Cup. Yeah. If they're going to be competitive, but... Because let's let's face it, they're not going to have got anything, anything good to look forward to next week. No, definitely not. <laughs> you wouldn't think they'd be, uh, you know, sitting... Even though Australia <laughs> sitting will trot out... Sitting in their team the... meetings going, oh, it's all right, boys, we'll finish with a bang yeah. next week. Australia will trot out uh, all their all their reserve players. Yeah, like, um, half the manly you, squad. You, you best believe that Cherry will get his uh, debut... Um, they'll rest. They'll rest. Lockie. I mean, I'll talk about it later anyway. But um, because Lockie's fucked up with his, his shoulder or whatever it is, Eesh. so they so they give him a bit of a rest. But um, yeah, the Welsh have got nothing good in their future. No, definitely in, not. In, but in, I guess in that's what that's the whole point. You know, we are sort of racing against time as far as trying to get international rugby league back on the map and and several countries more competitive. And that's what the Four Nations format is all about. Having um, you know, the three. You know, your strong nation. Well, you know, two strong nations in England involved, um, and then having you know the PNGs and the Welsh and you know potentially yep. the French and those sorts of teams involved um, to try and bring their standard up. But, and that's what this is all about. And, and in these sort of these sort of formative years, um, we're going to have that whipping boy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. But they'll get more and more competitive as time goes on. And um, you know, unfortunately, you're going to have to go through these tough times, and they tried hard, but they're just not in the same class. Clearly, um, the atmosphere at Wembley, I tell you, it's. I mean, even for the fact that you know it was New Zealand and Wales, yeah, I guess they would have had some sort of residual support, given sure. that they're a bit closer to home than New Zealand. But yeah. the chanting and the the cheering and, yep. and I thought it was a great atmosphere, great stadium. Yeah, 
Ruined by the commentators, <laughs> I think. Yeah, Especially the in the second game. The, the commentators are cocks. Yeah. Let's, let's just get that out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I might I don't know that. if that's an accurate representation of English people as a whole. I'd like to say it probably is. Yeah. Um, they're cocks. Just, ugh, but we'll get to that because it really... It was far worse in the England game. Far, sure. far worse in the England game. Um, I think New Zealand probably missed an opportunity to fine-tune their, ta- their attack, certainly in the second half. They didn't... Uh, really put Wales to the sword. Although it seems funny to say that at 36-0, but they they really could have there was a period put there, some yeah, polish like on their attack minutes, and, yeah. and you know ran some of their set plays and and you know blew out some more cobwebs. Given that the fact that they got um, you know potentially got to play the final against Australia and um, they got England, they got to play England as well. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, a bit of a missed opportunity there, but I think they look pretty good. Um, you know, certainly whilst they were putting the game on ice, they they looked really right. good. Dibbert kept the kept the opposition to nils. Yep. You know, scored scored a fair few points. I mean, really hard to be too critical of them. Mate. Exactly, exactly. They did exactly what they had to against the you know inferior opposition. Yeah. Four Nations game number four. Australia thirty six defeated England twenty. The Kangaroos they overcame some early injuries and got out the, got the result that everyone wanted to see. Running away with a comfortable win. Billy Slater went down with a common jockey's injury in the 10th minute of play with a broken collarbone, trying to prevent a Ryan Hall try. All in vain, though. Try was awarded. Poms took a 4 0 lead. You're fucking kidding. What's that? You're going to bag the man for breaking his collarbone? No, I just said it was a common jockey's injury. It's a fact. Look it up. It's science. <laughs> it's just science. Jockeys fall off their horses and break their collarbones. No, the I'm collarbone. not being harsh. You don't often I'm see, a scientist. How often do you see busted collarbones in, in league? Not often. How many this season? It's the only one I can think of. No, you're right. It's not common. So it's a common jockey's injury, but not a rugby league football player's injury. That's all I was saying. You can make it that what you will, but I mean, I was just being, I was just saying. I was just giving, I was just putting my own flavour on it. <laughs> you got to use the accent. You can't just say it. I was putting it. my own flavour on That's it. That's it. See, I knew I'd get you. I that knew bitch. I'd convert you eventually. <laughs> Australia didn't take long to grab the league, though. Luke Lewis scoring the try and JT adding the extras. Six points to four after 17 minutes. Makes a good winger, that Luke Lewis. Not a bad winger. Not a bad fat touchy out there. <laughs> he's all right. So he's not fat and, uh, and uh, he doesn't hang wide enough for a touchy. Uh, Ten minutes before half time, we got to see one of the greatest tries in the history of Test Rugby League with T-Rex making Chris Hino look like an ordinary West Tigers player that he is. Steam, <laughs> steamrolling him on his way to the try line. Following the conversion from JT Australia, he took a 12 points to four lead. What? <laughs> Right on half time, the Poms clawed one back. Ryan Hall grabbing his double with a try in the corner, giving us a 12 8 scoreline at the break. Australia took the game of the Poms in the second half, though, building a match winning lead with tries to Inglis and Gallon inside the first 15 minutes, blowing the scoreline out to 24 points to 8. England, they attempted to get back in the game as Darius Boyd did his best Billy Slater impersonation, making a meal of a high ball and allowing Jack Reed to run away and score untouched 24 14. Australia. Look at you with your little smug look on your face just there, just baiting people. I like jokes. Australia were never letting this one go. Restore- you are a joke, sir. <laughs> Restoring the margin with another try following a long run by Thurston. Boyd, the ultimate try scorer on the very next play, 30-14. England got another one back through Hino to make the scoreline slightly more respectable. But Possibly Australia- the greatest try ever scored in English Rugby League. Nah. By West Tiger. By West Tiger. But, um... Really? Maybe one try that was better. Didn't Hino get one last week? Yeah, it wasn't as good as this one. Yeah, that's probably Against better. the quality of the opposition. Yeah, fair enough. All right, you can have that one You'll get a phone, phone call from the Queen during the week. Yep. Sir Hino. <laughs> 
and they made the score slightly more respectable, but Australia still had the last word with a try to Chris Lawrence. JT added another conversion, kept his perfect record intact. <coughs> Australia win, 36 points to 20. How about England start? Not a bad start. Put on a bit of pressure? Yep. Threw the ball like play. There's, um, and I mean, both his tries were pretty impressive uh, finishes for... Right they, were, they were the types of the types of wingers try that we come to expect in the last kind of two seasons. Mm. So I mean, it's good that someone in England. Well, did certainly that in the NRL. Well. I, yeah, in the NRL. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure you'd expect that, that sort of try in the Super League. No, probably not. Really? He's clearly lifted to the, to the standard of the opposition. He's a class above. Yeah, clearly. You'd say. Clearly. Um, there's definitely worse wingers than him in the NRL. Oh. There's fucking way worse wingers in the ESL too, but but there's two yeah. worse there's two worse wingers in the West Tigers side. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that you were going to do that. I was going to when I was actually he's seriously better. About, he's better than Utah and Lottie Dakiri to the power I'll of Bo Ryan. You. I will fucking punch you in the face. How dare you? To the power How of Bo Ryan. How dare you? Multiplied How by. How dare you? Sometimes Save Mitch it. Brown, Brian Hall, an Englishman. <laughs> He's better than Lottie Takiri. If it wasn't for what the Engl- fuck are you thinking? If it wasn't for Englishmen, that fucking house of cards would just implode with that Gaddafi and Hino. Fucking dare you, sir. I just... Um, I'm not sure we're going to see Luke Lewis on, used on the wing again, although he did a pretty admirable job. And, yeah. we, you know, people forget that he did start his career there. He was a quick switcheroo. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he did play Origin uh, on the wing as well, so he, he knows what to do, but he's been a long time since he's been out there. Uh, who who will play wing then? Uh, that's an excellent T-Rex, question. T-Rex, maybe? I don't think they'll well, put they're, T-Rex they're on because he's doing the job now. Hand. He's, he's doing some hard yards. He's doing the job as a substitute forward. Or all he took with Manly, you know, latter part Because you wouldn't the think they're going to lose anything with Fluffy at fullback. With Slater out for the rest of the tournament. So. And let's face it, Fluffy. I mean, he's a fullback, you know, by trade, and he's mm. in his club team. He's, he just gets shoehorned, on, shoehorned under the wing. Yeah. Who have they got? That's an excellent question, though. Who? Has a, I mean, he's a Churchill medalist, Nathan. Who? Premiership winning fullback. Yeah, I remember, I remember, I remember that that game. That was that Woo! was that was the grand final when um, when Nightingale played awesome and should have yeah. got the Churchill medal. Yeah, medalism. exactly. <laughs> should have ran away with it, but uh, yeah. Well, Dean Young, I think he played fair, he played a fair game from memory as well. Yes. Um, you could say there was, um, you know. Uh, 33 better players on yeah. the field. Yeah, you could say that. Now, but hey, who are we to judge? Who's going to be the winger? You intri- it intrigues me now because I hadn't actually thought Josh of... Morris, is there any on tour? He's in reserve grade, isn't he? Well, <laughs> he came from New South Wales Cup to play for Australia. Oh, yeah, well, they'll find a place. Giving hope to fringe first graders the world over. Yeah, you know. They can put anyone out there. Put Gallon out there. Dude needs a rest. <laughs> wow, it's been a long season, man. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, long... but he wouldn't just stand out there. He'd get involved. Yeah, exactly. Do his hit ups and probably score a hat trick. <laughs> probably would. You know what? It wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past him. I thought um, Briscoe on the other wing for England did actually a pretty fair job containing the Uate Parte, given that Australia looked often, certainly in the early stages of the game, to go to Uate. Obviously, trying to get past Briscoe with his his size and his speed and his footwork, but. He was up to the task every time. Yeah, there's only one decent chance for the Duarte Pardo, I reckon, and that was when Thurston should have passed it to him early mm. and just let him shut the gate. Instead of Thurston took the massive run himself until he got run down, and you know it was smarter of him to take the tackle and you know set up the try on the next play. But um, mm. if he had given it to Duarte straight away, would have been shut the gate, no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I think um, Hino has certainly answered the criticism from uh, Gary Schofield about it being a farce that he's been picked for England. I mean, who H- says that dumb motherfucker? Yeah, I mean, we spoke about it last week, but Hino is obviously taking it to heart because he's he's embracing his newfound pominess. Because I mean, that tackle on T Rex was as British as Pippa Middleton's ass. 
<laughs> only, only softer. <laughs> it just doesn't come any more British than that. <laughs> no, that's true. It's uh, so yeah, he's just given the given the finger to uh, to Scoey, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, had to had to answer the critic as, as best he knows how. God, that's ordinary. Though. You want me to play like things. a pom? I'll fucking show you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's just uh, get everyone around at me. I'll miss them all. And after after you got Benji, you got Benji with you know two you know two uh, similar yeah. episodes uh, last time. I mean, he's, he's turned into West Tigers kryptonite. Old T Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait till next season. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. Half your club's walking out on you, mate. We'll take you on any time you want. Oh, we're right. We haven't lost any players. <laughs> Nor will we yet. <laughs> so uh, Sam year. Sam Tompkins uh, said he wants to be like Billy Slater. He was better than him in this match. Well, in fact, he served out the 80 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he had a couple of good touches. Yeah, we, I'll give him that. There's one when the game was... The game was over, though, when he, when, when he had his best The second one. Touch, the yeah. first one where he made the bus to um, to send Jack Reed on his way, who then in turn put Hall over for his second try. Yeah. Um, pretty impressive. I'm not sure he's big enough to play in the NRL at fullback. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I he's mean, a similar build to Josh Dugan. Doesn't seem as strong, though. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um and he, he's, he ain't Billy Slater. No, he doesn't have no. that explosive pace. He's quick. Yeah, but, but, he does, yeah. but Billy Slater is a lot more to his game than just explosive pace. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and he doesn't get involved anywhere near to the level that Billy Slater does. And maybe that'll come if they, if if the Poms want to settle on a combination, you know, like settle on a hooker and settle yeah. on a half. But, maybe, that, you know, over time that'll happen. But If Kirk Hughley yeah. play fullback in the NRL, then fucking Tompkins will get a run. Somewhere. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that does that just blows your argument out of the water, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, all in all, I think Australia put a pretty impressive performance. I was, I was um, surprised by England's the way England played. I thought they were in the game for for parts, and, and when Australia could have really time, blown yeah. the game wide open, they they actually fought back and and coming up to half time. I thought that England, you know, they were looking fairly good. Uh, Australia just did that did what that thing they do, and they just sort of switched up a game, switched up a gear, sorry, and just and smashed them out of it in the first half of the of the second half. Do you think Tompkins should be the next guy to have a crack in the NRL? Oh, why not? I mean, surely you know, surely someone will buy him. Cronulla might buy him. South. He's not going to fucking oust Gardner out of a spot. <laughs> oh, that's true too. Oh, maybe. maybe South. <laughs> South might buy him. I mean, they tend to go all right in terms of buying poms. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> have to change their name to Robert Ors. <laughs> the amount of bird's eye and then who's throw Tompkins in there. I mean, so who's going to be fullback for the Rabbits next season? Merritt will be fullback Merit to start probably, with? Yeah. yeah. Maybe Tompkins can switch to halfback. They need a halfback. He's played in the halves, hasn't he? Yeah. He played in the halves last one. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Could do it. He's got the connection. He's got the connection. He's got a pommy coach and saying, 15 pommy forwards. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Heard it here first. Guaranteed Jane. signing to the Rabbitohs, 2013. <laughs> Sam Tompkins. Watch James Roby. He must be related to the Queen or something <laughs> to keep getting a fucking run for England. <laughs> he's like the royal family of hookers. He's, he's totally irrelevant and useless against Australia. <laughs> like, that guy did fuck all. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't Robinson Crusoe, though. I mean, you know, England, and that's 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 probably part of the gulf between the sides. I mean, England do have a couple of passengers in there. I mean, yeah. for every Sam Tompkins, anyone that, you know, yeah, anyone that's not Sam Tompkins or a West Tigers player, or Jack Reed, to be fair, yeah, he went all right. He goes he? all right. He did go all right for a Bronco Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> Bronco Rangers are greater than Poms. Yeah, is, is basically. He's got English parents. You said yourself he's 
he's a relevant pom. Bag him out. I'm just saying he's a pom. I mean, I can bag him out for being a ranger. Yeah, well, that's true. That's not. Well, I mean, you may as well bag him out for being a pom. That's far yeah. more shameful. <laughs> yeah. This is poms are talking about. We can bag him however we want. What are you doing? <laughs> Fucking turn cloak. What are you doing there? Yeah, I, I just. I'm not a James Roby fan. Just doesn't do it for me. Gives him no penetration through the ruck. Um, average defender. Doesn't doesn't really do it for me. Yeah. Certainly with some of the forwards he got. Um, I thought James Graham went okay whilst he was on the field. While he was on hurt. the field, yep. I think we'll that's going to be Canterbury's year. issue next year. Is, um, you know, we saw the same thing with Burgess. He hit the NRL by, you know, with, with a bang, but he had these niggling injuries because that week-to-week grind at that level yep. and those those collisions... Everything's amplified, and you're yep. under the microscope more, and um, there's more expected of your body to, to play at that level. And um, I've got no doubt he's capable of playing at at the highest level at the NRL. It's whether he can consistently get there week after week after week, and if his body can hold up to it. So, yep. um, definitely a great prop, though. It's a good buy for them. Just whether they get the value out of him this first year or so of his contract, yeah. if he can stay on the field. So, um, yeah, all in all, pretty good. Sh- Pretty good showing from Australia. Um, they showed they're the dominant force in the tournament, and um, you know, and train, fine. training run next week. And probably the final margin was helped a lot by the fact that England got two consolation tries in the last ten minutes as well. When the game, the, the game was won, you know, sort of 50, 55, 60 minutes in when Australia yeah. were out to twenty four eight. Sure. Previews for week three of the Four Nations 2011 kicks off at the ungodly fucking hour of 4am Sunday. England versus New Zealand. Who the fuck is going to get up to watch that? Not I. Oh, You'll be up. Well, I might see the second half live if Killer gets up. You'll be up due to your nocturnal sun. Yeah, well, he's he's he's, he's three percent possum that kid. He's operating on about 4:45am wake ups these days, so I'll probably see the second half live. Good luck with that. Yeah. I'll be doing the old IQ, watch it later. Yeah. Well, There's UFC a, on on Sunday too, so yeah. Jesus. There is. in front of the TV. And it's free UFC too. That's the yeah. best kind of UFC. I have to figure out the time for that one too. With Dallas Saving and whatnot. Oh, true, might, yeah. oh, depends, depends how much of the card they're showing too. But that's, yeah. That's a different show. We're talking about England versus New Zealand. Yes. Well, I mean... We <laughs> may as well be talking about this week in any blood sport if we're talking about England versus New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, both sides have to win. This is the game that decides who gets to play Australia in the final. Oh, Wales can't make it. Unfortunately, I don't think Wales are going to get there. Mm. I think they've left their run too late. I think so. So, who's going to win? England showing against Australia, at least on the you know the scoreboard, as it, you know, you fairly, know fairly evenly matched. As much as I can't stand Poms, yeah, and you know, generally anything English. Um, I think England might win. Really? Yeah. I think it might shock them. Controversial? Based on what? Based on the fact that there's two West Tigers in the side. Um, and they're key elements to their team. I, I, don't, I just have a gut feeling. I think New Zealand are due for... You know, they've cling to this, oh, in tournaments we go better and all this bullshit. I think that's my, that, that, that is what might get them home. You think they start to taper towards oh, their inevitable I think final? Cling into that, and I think England might get under the radar and. Knock well, New them Zealand, off. New Zealand are a better side on paper. Oh, definitely, no question. 
I think that they it's it's so hard to say. I mean, so New Zealand went okay against Australia in the first round, mm. better certainly better than they did in the um actually there's a point there where they made a game of it when they came yeah, back yeah. in the second half there. Definitely. Um England you know, made more of a game of it than Australia would have expected. Perhaps um, Australia did have injuries and had to shuffle their lineup around too, though, which um, certainly helped out the wingers for England. I think the fact that Sheens has proven that uh, he can coach pretty well against Benji Marshall and is is testament to the fact that there is a formula to beating him, and that inside knowledge probably goes a long way to, to stopping him. Yep. I think Hino and Gareth will have a bit of inside knowledge as to what angles players like to run off, you know, that players will run off him and, and some of his tendencies that they can look out for. Yeah, because in saying that, if though, they nullify I mean, Benji to a point, and we all know that he's got a he's he's got a performance that's less than his best in him every once in a while. It's one, it's one thing to, to know how to stop him. It's another thing to have the personnel that can actually execute the game it's, plan. You sound much like another host of that rugby league podcast this week in league. Well, what I'm saying you is... You sound remarkably like that really good-looking fucking Tiger supporting bloke. What it's... What I'm saying is... Benji Marshall's a god and he can't Tim, be stopped. That Tim I Sheens, agree. Tim Sheens knows how easy it is to stop Benji and his job's made even easier because you can tell players, you know, the likes of the defensive uh, power of Darren Lockyer, mm. you know, to, to chop him down. And the tackling Gilmister-esque machine of tackling that Darren Lockyer is, <laughs> he just sm- he, Benji's got no way through. Nothing, nothing comes off. Do England have someone that's so amazing at tackling as Darren Lockyer? It's not James Roby, that's for sure. Well, no, it's not James Roby. He's a paper mache defender. And Graham will be on the bench. As he well, he's injured, isn't he? Well, he actually did follow through the injury, didn't he? When the teams the teams? I don't think the teams. He didn't play in the second half, so. No, no, he sat the whole. Yeah, he was out for the rest of the game. Te- well, keep in mind the teams haven't been named at this point, so. Yeah, yeah. So Got a funny feeling it. about England. After the way you ruthlessly smashed them for the entire review of the game, the recap of the game. I know. Well, now, they all were shit. They, now all of a sudden they're going to win. Well, they're only going to beat New Zealand. I'm yeah, no fucking chance. No way in hell. Really? No, it's not going to happen. Okay. It's not happening. Oh. They're the number three side. They're going to know their role. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I don't know. I just I like the idea of an upset in this tournament. New Zealand by eight to 14 points. Really? Yeah. I think England by two. Could be a draw if Benji Marshall has a regular game on the goal kicking. If Benji can kick his goals, eight to fourteen point win to the Kiwis without a doubt. Comes down to goal kicking. <laughs> England, England by win thirty. <laughs> <laughs> the next game, speaking of ungodly hours, three forty five AM on Monday. What? <laughs> Fuck that shit. Wales versus Australia. Jesus. Mm. Who thinks up this? Time difference thing. Oh, these Northern Hemisphere Can't motherfuckers, Can't we all just man. operate on the same clock? Why does it even have to be difficult? I mean, we're the only country interested in this tournament. Exactly. Why can't, why can't they play at least at you know, 6 a.m.? Regardless of what the time is over there, why can't they just play it at like 7.30 p.m. kick off our time? Yeah, exactly. I agree. Wales versus Australia. Australia's going to win by 30 points plus. Doesn't matter who they put on the field. They're going to rest Lockie, I presume, because uh, he was touch and go to even play the last game. I think the big question game. is, will Wales score a point? Yes. Australia are going to trot out the Reggies um, from their touring party for this game, which means that, you know, combinations not, aren't necessarily going to be there and, you know, they might jag one or two. Um, wow. That's a Cherry Evans. saying England will beat Cher- New Zealand. Cherry Evans will probably get a hat trick um, of what tries and tries this. They haven't had a run yet. What may play every game? T-Rex played every game. T-Rex played every game. 
Certainly put paid to the fucking Sheen's What May Feud thing, didn't it? This tournament. Yeah, well, I mean, both of them said there was nothing in it too. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, you know, Daily Telegraph once again. Talk, shot. Talking shit. Acquitted themselves very well too, those, both those manly boys. I thought yep. they've gone, been some of Australia's best. We what May's not without any mistakes. But I wonder if, I wonder if um, the T-Rex will be playing. He did get him, didn't he? We forgot to mention that. First think, point, undoubtedly, the, the first I point of contact the was the shoulder. I think was a bit overdone. First point of contact been... was the shoulder, without a doubt. It did slip up and you know, cuff him inside the head. No doubt about that. The point clearly fucking farred it to the maximum. Farrowed. Absolutely died. Fuck, and... I want to punch you in the face sometimes, eh? Well, who else took a massive dive for no reason? Any number of Isaac Luke? English Premier League uh, players. Oh, no, I don't know what soccer, I don't know soccer players' really? names. Some Italian soccer Nathan player. Nathan after I punch you in the, right on the button very shortly. <laughs> I'll punch you right in the monkey if you keep flapping your <laughs> You just had to get it in there and get in there. You love it. You love it. That's Joey, your new thing. Joey Diaz, son. <laughs> All right. Um. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> oh, oh, man, I up. love that guy. So, um... <laughs> So, so, uh, so T Rex may not be there, but it's not going to matter against Wales. Um, worst case scenario is he'll probably take a week because the the thing the, the precedent that they're going off is that if uh, Russell Packer gets a week for cocking, cocking the elbow and literally going going Muay Thai on Lockie's <laughs> face, if he gets a week for that, then T Rex really he should uh, should have no case to answer. He should be given the the MVP of the series. And award. That pommy cat. He should go for a week for being a cat. Especially if they're saying, like, you know, he got up and he was winking and stuff. I didn't see that, but um, no, apparently he was, he was on the ground. He was having a wink and a smile. I'm like, all care, boys. I mean, it's, if you're going to fake it, you know, by all means, fake it. But they just can't... It's just... it's Isaac Luke's is saying, they just can't seem to fucking keep it together. They have to show, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just fucking... You know, like, you know, they have to show their teammates, you know, no, I'm just, you know... I'm just just have boxing. to show their teammates they're a cat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the sheds afterwards, say, look, you know, you didn't really get me. I was just milking the penalty. By means do that, but you do it, you know, when you do it field, on the field, weekend. when the other teams see it and everything, it's just a ridiculous look. Um, Wales, I mean, yeah, it'd probably be a similar scoreline to the, the, the uh, sorry, the um That's another thing Wales I want to say about England. What's that? How the fuck is that Peacock guy captaining them? Uh, tenure, longevity, been around for fucking fair while. How the fuck is Gareth Ellis not captain that team? Really? Come on. Best no player the country's ever produced in the history of the universe. Is he? Oh fuck! Who's better? Oh, I could think of. Who's better? better? I could think of a thousand better better English players. You could not think of one. Adrian Morley, former West Tiger slash uh, former West Magpie, Ellery Hanley is the only one that comes even close. And he come on leaps and bounds after he put on the mighty black and white jersey. Mal Riley, fuck off. Manly God. <laughs> Seriously, Gareth Ellis, best English rugby league Kevin player Ward, ever. Produced. Manly God. <laughs> Shall captain. I continue? Who no. else was English and player? Un- unless you've got something relevant to to offer to the. Ellery uh, Hanley, he, w- he would have been awesome, except for that, that fucking grand final when he just slept the whole game. What was that all about? <laughs> Oh, poor old narcoleptic Ellery. <laughs> of all the games that just go to sleep for some, yeah, exactly. for some unknown reason. We'll show them. We'll show them. <laughs> so anyway, you've, you haven't nominated a margin for the Wales versus oh, Australia game. 48. 
That's the margin. That's the margin. So what are you going to score? Like 50-something to four, six? Yeah. They're going to score. They're going to score. They're not going to score. I don't know that they'll score two. So Australia going to crack the 50? Yes. Interesting. England could have cracked the 50 on Wales, I think, if they had they had got their uh, goal-kicking sorted. But uh, it was, well, sure, like, Gareth it was like 42 goals, to four, mate. I think. So you think it'll exceed the 42 points to four that uh, the English did? Should let Gareth knocked him over with his chin. Yeah, maybe so. But I'm saying, do you think Australia are going to exceed 42 points to four? Yes. I right. just fucking said so. <laughs> 15 seconds ago. All right, then you start talking about Gareth, Gareth's chin. <laughs> just rapping, and rapping bullshit. Gareth. Okay, so Australia... Greatest English rugby league player ever produced. Okay, so you don't have to watch the game now. You know that Australia's going to win by a 1,000. Because we know stuff. Exactly. Fuck, that shit is funny. I was literally tears coming out of my face. Oh, oh, hilarious. Fuck. That is full time for episode number 73. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter all through the off-season on at TWI League. Now what else you can do? Buy so, merchandise. You can, you can. New bunch of hats should be here tomorrow if you listen to this on Thursday. Excellent. And if you've ordered a curved brim hat in uh, in recent, in the last two weeks. In generously proportioned noggin. In the uh, L, L-XL sizing, your order will be shipping as soon as they come yes, in. Yes, we have two back orders. All right. Cruzy, we've had to stitch four hats together to get over your fucking melon. And we've got a couple of others to come through as well for the hats uh, over the last week. Excellent. So thank you very much to those guys. Facebook, we're not going to hit the 900 goal that we revised a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're much? at 818 a couple of weeks ago. I think, yeah, 820. I, th- I think we're at 821 <laughs> or something. Exactly. Exactly. But um, by all means, get on there. Um, we're still having people actually... Uh, Give us a bit of feedback, and uh, I've got some later on uh, in the show from uh, Facebook. Google Plus, as of today, we have a profile on Google Plus. They've started the pages, opened up the pages, so similar to the pages on Facebook. Uh, rather than uh, your personal accounts, they've actually started up, you know, businesses and really? you know brands can do pages. So um, I hooked that up this morning. Oh, you um, said it. I thought Google Plus did it. No, 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 no. no. Just, that is allowed them. That is fucking open, famous. That has opened up the ability for people to, to do, okay. do it. Um, so I haven't really set it up properly yet. But um, if you remember, just do a search uh, on Google Plus for This Week in League and add us. Over the off-season, we'll figure out how best to integrate it into the way we do things and uh, see what we can do with it. So stay tuned. Mailbox. We got some mail via Facebook again from a listener. This time it is our old mate Matt Boyle, who you may know as the ESL update guy. He um, <coughs> had some. No, comments. no, let him finish. Don't go to sleep yet. He uh, had some comments about the Australia versus England game. Um, first, I want to say that he actually did. He sent through uh, a Four Nations report from last week, but he missed the deadline by about a day and a half. So <laughs> unfortunate, unfortunate, unlucky, Matt. No clocks um, in Matt's house. No clocks, um, but thank you anyway, mate. Uh, but he sent in this comment Listen on Facebook. Listen to you. Right. Sucking up to the pom. And, uh, thank he, you anyway, mate. Hey, the dude fucking put a report together, so I mean, like, he missed the deadline and everything. He's but... a pom. Jeez. Until this tournament's over, he's the enemy, um, the mortal enemy. Okay, and what he said is, right, congratulations on the victory. Your boys showed why they are the best in the world and took their chances to win, <coughs> whilst big mistakes from Chase, Reed, and Hyington cost us 18 points. But the score flattered you massively. England were the better team for large parts of the game, and the referee did you no end of favours. Nate, I want you to man up next week on the show and take off the maroon tinted glasses and admit that T-Rex should have been off the pitch. 
and it was not far off Packer's shot on Lockyer. <laughs> How do you get a job as a commentator? <laughs> Tom Briscoe's disallowed try was a joke. In brackets, the ball playing arm did not touch the floor, so the tackle was incomplete. Probably fair call, I thought, on that. Could have gone yeah, upstairs. Yeah, you can have that. And we suffered game-changing injuries to Gaddeth and James Graham. We suffered game-changing injuries to fucking our fullback too, mofo. And Lockie played the whole game with one arm. So... He doesn't seem to mention that, though. No. Oh, and I think another performance like that, and Sam Tompkins could walk into the majority of NRL teams next season. <laughs> Where he did two things in one game. Yeah. Walk. Two, yeah. Anyway, Rand... Jeez, we've already wrapped him up, and now you want to say he's going to be a walk-up start. I don't know about walking up no, the start, huh? No, you might get a run no. for South. No. We, not get carried away. We gave, him a, we gave him about the rap he deserved, maybe slightly more, just to be charitable. The only reason this he's going to get a run for South is because there's other people in the club that speak his language. This entire speech that, that, that I'm reading out here is just absolute ridiculousness. Anyway. <laughs> That's better. See, ladies anyways, slippers in. rant over. I'm off to stick a tenor on which referee gets to officiate the 2012 NRL Grand Final, allegedly. And this is why English people annoy me. Everyone not named Gareth Ellis. <laughs> what do I know? He still talks like an Aussie, though, doesn't he, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, look, so, so Matt, you, you make some valid points there, champ, but, you know, at the end of the day, Australia won and you didn't, so suck it up, champ. Okay, um, and I would just like to say, you said he made some valid points. <laughs> really? Point, if maybe I give him a point. Yeah, well, clearly, T-Rex has been sent off. Well, no, not for that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> iTunes. Another review this week came in from a newish listener, Simo Ali. Love it. Five stars. Great podcast. Very informative. Extremely funny. Best podcast in capitals ever. Yes. Got to love it. Proceeded to lay the slippers into me on Twitter. He's been rocking it out on Twitter, and um, he actually sent me a message through the website to say, um, you know, who else is great to you know follow and who else goes hard during the rugby league yeah. season. Uh, so I encouraged him to start a topic up on the forum, which he did. Uh, so if you listen to the show um, and you're one of the guys that, uh, you know, gets amongst it on Twitter, <coughs> by all means, get on the forum, uh, find the thread uh, where he's asking about Twitter guys and um, register your details. And um, even if you, I mean, by all means, everyone should do it anyway because there's probably people that we don't know as well, that you know, sure. that go hard, that you know, and you know, it's a good way to link everybody up. Um, rather than just saying follow this one guy, you know, everybody get in there, hook everyone up, yeah, yeah. exactly. So everyone can, you know, hook up with everyone, and it can be just a big happy Twitter orgy. Um, so yeah, here we go with our differentiation of the of the term hook up, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So hit up the forum at thisweekinleague.com and throw in your details. That is it for me this week. I don't have anything else. That's it for me. Go the Aussies. Go the Aussies, they've all like, you know, they've beaten all the easy beats. Now it's time to take on the dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Just one last little dig before we go. See you next week. Oh actually I say one last thing. Twitter listener, White Pie, W I G H T Pie, Lee, um, he keeps giving me shit about this. He, he gave me a great one about the uh, about the Red V choking, a statistic about the Red V choking. Gave it to me a couple of weeks ago now, and I just forgot to slot it in. And, you know, given the fact that, you know, both Red Vs are, are irrelevant at this time of the season now, um, talking about St. Helens and St. George, <laughs> both of them hitting the finals and choking <laughs> repeatedly. Uh-huh. And as as an English listener of the show, um, he just brought to my attention that they've got the, they've got the uh, Red V chokers over there as well. So it's not just St. George. Nice. And so... Just, yeah, did uh, Castleford go there? He got knocked out of the finals too, didn't they? 
Yeah, I don't think Castle would went great. Yeah, they had their moment. I remember that. Remember, like, sort had of their moments, but ultimately amounted to nothing. Mm. Might mm. be a Tigers thing. Sounds familiar. Yeah, a lot of parallel, a lot of parallels over there. <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.